the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah radio broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Shoresh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Shalom. What a blessing it is to be here again this week. Today we're going to ask the question, what is the kingdom of God? How does it affect Israel? How does it affect you? Let's answer these questions after prayer. Avinu Malkenu, our Father, our King, we love you. We praise you, we honor you, Lord, and we seek to be revived by you, Lord. We pray that you will just touch us and those around us. And we pray for our country, the United States, that we will be touched by your spirit and Israel be touched by your spirit. Lord, we pray for the entire world. We want to see worldwide revival. And Lord, use us. Use this radio program. Use whatever, Lord, but let us see your will be done. I pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Well, if this radio program ministers to you, Please consider a one-time gift or a monthly pledge, and the way you can do that easiest is just to call Karen Monday through Friday between 10 and 4 at 813-831-5673. That is our office. Or you can go to the uh, heartofmessiah.org website, and that would be great as well. Also, you can hear my messages on Facebook Live and YouTube Our services are Friday night and Saturday morning, and we have a Tuesday evening prayer meeting, which is on Facebook Live at 630. Um, Just really feel that this is an opportunity for the community to come together in prayer, so please join us. Love to have you visit us at our in-services congregations, and so we have three four congregations currently uh, in in service, so to speak, uh, St. Pete, Tampa, Wesley Chapel, and Conexion, which is the Spanish-speaking congregation. Uh, check us on our website for times, places, location. Yes, all of that, right? <laughs> so let's begin. Amen? All right. 
Exodus 19.6. This is where it began, I believe. So as for you, you will be to me a kingdom of Kohanim and a holy nation. These are the words which you are to speak to B'nai Yisrael. So God is making the people of Israel a kingdom, his kingdom, and a holy nation, a kingdom of priests. That is really exciting. Before you say, wait a minute, just keep going to the end with me, and you'll see how this works. It's, it's really, God has a beautiful plan. So, what made Israel a kingdom of God was not only the fact that God said in Exodus 19.6, but also what the people responded to in Exodus 19.8. It says, All the people answered together and said, Everything that Adonai has spoken, we will do. Then Moses reported the words of the people to Adonai. So both God and the people made a commitment, a covenant, an agreement. And we know that Israel didn't keep their side of it, but that's the beauty of of God. He always keeps his side, right? Um, But at the time that Israel made their commitment, there was unity. In Exodus 19.8, as I read, it says, all the people, they were all in agreement. How is that for a miracle? Amen. So in this nation of God, we see in the book of Numbers, chapter 8, the Levites were given certain responsibilities over the tent of meeting, meetings. In verses 9 through 11, it says, Bring the Levites before the tent of meeting and gather the whole community. Okay, the whole community of B'nai Israel, the children of Israel. Bring the Levites before Adonai, B'nai Yisrael, the children of Israel, will lay their hands on the Levites, and Aaron will present the Levites before Adonai as a wave offering from B'nai Yisrael. Then they may go about the work of the service of Adonai. See, everybody was involved. Everybody. And the children of Israel laid hands on the Levites. That must have been a scene. Well, obviously, they laid hands on each other, and some people actually got to touch the Levites. But it all showed tremendous unity. And besides that unity, there was unity in chapter 9 of Numbers, where it says that everybody celebrated Passover. This was the first Passover they had in the wilderness. And a situation came up. There were those who were considered unclean by the law, and but they still wanted to celebrate Passover. So we don't have any record of them complaining. They just went directly to Moses, explained how they felt. He was the authority. This is really the way it should be done, right? Moses said, hey, I'll inquire before God. I don't know what the right thing is, right? <laughs> so the leader of the nation of Israel was... Moses, that he was dependent on God for everything. And in Numbers 12, 3, where it talks about him being the most humble man on the face of the earth, it was because he was dependent on God. And so God said to him in response about the uh, unclean partaking in Passover, yeah, Numbers 9, 13, but the person who is clean 
and not away on a journey, who neglects to celebrate Passover, that soul shall be cut off from his people because that person did not present Adonai's offering at the appointed time. That man will bear his sins. So the unclean person can come to celebrate Passover, but if the clean person does not celebrate Passover, that man will bear his sin. It seems to me that the unity of the people who were in God's kingdom was essential to staying in his kingdom. It even looks as if someone outside the kingdom who desires to celebrate Passover is allowed, but it also seems like it gives him the right to be in the kingdom. Let's continue, and you'll see how this works out. Numbers 9.14, if an outsider living among you would celebrate Passover to Adonai according to the requirement, so he should do. There will be for you the same regulation for the outsider and the native of the land. The same regulation. We're beginning to see this concept of the one new man, Jew and, and Gentile, one in Messiah, but we're not there yet. Okay, people joining the kingdom of God did not have to originate from the nation of Israel. It is the faith and the works that allowed this. Faith to want to do it and works to actually do it. Now, this new nation of Israel was to be unique because it was under God and it was in unity. Does that sound familiar? I mean, the United States, right? United, unity, United States, under God, right? Uh, but they got complacent, and <laughs> that didn't work very well. Are, are we getting complacent? I'm pretty sure we have been. Well, before Israel came into the kingdom of God, they were outsiders. However, they were never to take the culture of the other people. But when the people who were outside of the nation of Israel wanted to join up with Israel, they had to be as Israel was, taking the culture and the faith of Israel as their own. So it was first important that Israel realized that they had began as outsiders. We see this in Genesis 17.8. It says, I will give to you and to your seed after you, the land where you are an outsider, the whole land of Canaan, as an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. Look, at various times, Israel was an outsider. We see that, obviously, with Abraham, but we see it with Moses, Joseph, Daniel. But they did not take on the culture of the faith of the country they were living in. So we get more insight as we look at Exodus twelve forty-eight to 50. But if an outsider dwells with you, who would keep the Passover for Adonai? All his males must be circumcised. Then let him draw near and keep it. He will be like the one who is native to the land, but no uncircumcised person may eat from it. The same Torah applies to the native as well as the outsider who dwells among you. Now, if this was the only time it mentioned this in Scripture, I'd say, eh, okay. But you know what? You're going to see where this is a continual theme. How come we didn't see this before? This is a key that God set up 
right from the beginning with both Messianic Jews and all who were reading his word. And and you know what? Messianic Jews and Christians today have trouble with this. The Torah and the entire scripture applies to both groups. So all B'nai, in verse 50, all B'nai Yisrael did so. They did just as Adonai commanded. It just shows us the importance of unity to God. This kingdom of God is unique. Outsiders are allowed to come in, become part of the promise. However, those part of the kingdom, when they stray from their promise, they are no longer part of the kingdom. The good news is that in God's kingdom, the outsiders can become insiders, right? This was true from the beginning of the nation of Israel. Again, similar to uh, Israel today and the United States. There are many scriptures that talk about outsiders. So listen, listen to some of these. Exodus 20, verse 10. The seventh day is a Shabbat to Adonai, or the Sabbath. And then it says... Uh, you shouldn't do any work, and it lists a bunch of people, and it says, nor the outsider that is within your gates. Exodus twenty two twenty. you must not exploit or, ex- or oppress an outsider, for you were outsiders in the land of Egypt. This is God's social justice, right? He's, he's explaining to Israel how it's supposed to be. Exodus 23, 9, do not oppress an outsider, for you know that the heart of an outsider, since you were outsiders in the land of Egypt. Exodus 23, 12, you are to do your work for six days, but on the seventh day you will be you will rest, so that your ox and your donkey may have rest, and also the son of your handmaid. And the outsider may be refreshed. So we even see here the concern for the outsider. It's made evident and clear that there is to be equality with the one on the inside. So we go to Leviticus 16.29, which talks about Yom Kippur. And it says that this is a statute for you forever, that in the seventh month, on the tenth day of the month, you're to afflict your souls, do no kind of work, both the native-born and the outsider dwelling among you. Leviticus 18.26, you, however, are to keep my statutes and my ordinances and do none of these abominations, neither the native-born nor the outsider dwelling among you. Are you getting this? Uh, Leviticus 19.34, the outsider dwelling among you shall be to you as the native born among you. Is that clear? You should love him as yourself, for you dwelled as outsiders in the land of Egypt. I am Adonai, your God. Leviticus 24.22, you are to have one standard of justice for the outsider as well as the native born, for I am Adonai, your God. Isaiah 14.1, for Adonai will have compassion on Jacob and will again choose Israel and settle them in their own land. The outsider will join himself with them and will cling to the house of Jacob. Are you getting goosebumps? Are, Are you just seeing what God has done throughout the history? Where have we been that we did not see this? Ezekiel 14.7, for anyone from the house of Israel or the outsiders who dwell in Israel, who breaks himself away from me, takes idols into his heart, 
puts the stumbling block of his iniquity before his face and then comes to the prophet to inquire of me through him, I, Adonai, will answer him myself. Look, when we take idols into our heart, whether we're native-born or outsider, it's the same. Ezekiel twenty-two twenty-nine: the people of the land have oppressively blackmailed, plundered, and robbed, wronged the poor and needy, and abused the outsider unjustly. Let's do one more. Ezekiel forty-seven twenty-one. You are to divide the land for yourselves to the tribes of Israel. So you are to divide it by lot for an inheritance for you and for the outsiders. So the outsiders get the inheritance too. Who dwell among you, who bears children among you. They will be to you like the native born of B'nai Yisrael. They will be allotted an inheritance along with you among the tribes of Israel. Is this clear? Being the kingdom of God requires a desire for unity, a desire to make outsiders part of the kingdom. It requires equality for our kingdom. What happened that this kingdom of God on earth started to break up? Well, we see it in Numbers 11. It's the the grumbling in the wilderness, the grumblers in in, uh, Numbers 11.4, among them, began to have cravings, so B'nai Yisrael began to wail repeatedly, saying, if we could just have some meat. But you know what? They were grumbling before the meat issue because they would grumble about anything, right? It was a smokescreen. But what they were doing with the grumbling was causing disunity. And we even see in Numbers 12, 1 and 2, Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses on account of the Cushite woman he married because he had married a Cushite woman. They asked, has Adonai spoken only through Moses? Hasn't he also spoken through us? See, Miriam and Aaron were not accepting the outsider. But Adonai heard it, and now the man, uh, as we this is where it says, Moses was the most humble. And then in verse 4, immediately Adonai said to Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, the three of you, come out to this tent of meeting. So what do you learn from this? God's kingdom requires unity, unity, unity. Not only are we to accept this, but we're to be part of God's plan. He draws them in. We're to love them, disciple them. The same for those who are already part of the kingdom. God is our king. He allows for people to be in his kingdom if they accept Yeshua as their Messiah. God is the judge as to whether they've accepted the Lord or not. But let me just read 1 Corinthians 1.10. I urge you, brothers and sisters, through the name of the Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind, in the same purpose. We see the same concept in Philippians 2. It says, then make my joy complete by being of the same mind. Having the same love, united in spirit with one purpose, do nothing out of selfishness or conceit, but with humility consider others as more important than yourselves. Wow, that's a biggie. But see, do you you sense the heart of Messiah here, the heart of God? Psalm 133, behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like the precious oil 
upon the head coming down upon the beard, Aaron's beard coming down on the collar of his robes. It's like the dew of Hermon coming down upon the mountains of Zion. For there Adonai commanded the blessing. Where there is unity, he commanded the blessing, life forevermore. Look, unity brings life forevermore. Not in the sense of salvation, but in the sense of our lives. We are living. Okay, John seventeen twenty three. I in them, this is Yeshua praying to God the Father. I in them and you in me that they may be perfected in unity so that the world may know that you sent me and loved me as you loved them as you loved me. So the world's going to know about Messiah when we as Jews and Christians love one another. If that we have to learn to worship with one another. We have to understand one another. We have to give some space to one another. But it's got to be in unity. This is what God's kingdom is to be like here on earth. This is what the nation of Israel is to be as the firstborn of the nations within the kingdom of God. Our prayer really is that may everyone want to join God's family and Israel and God's firstborn nation and be part of his kingdom. But you know, it's important to realize that there there are no second-class citizens. You know, just as maybe in your family there are two or three children, you don't say, well, my firstborn is the best. No, you love them all equally, but there still is a firstborn child. And the firstborn child is probably more responsible to showing the second and third born children what dad and mom want. Well, in this case, it's the same thing. Israel was chosen to show the rest of the world what Papa God wants. <laughs> is that clear? Okay, so this, this should be very encouraging to you, that As you join the kingdom of God, you are joining into God's kingdom, starting with Israel and the rest of the nations who want to accept Yeshua as Messiah. Wow. Okay, I don't have time for much more. Next week, we're going to have an interesting program as well. I pray that this radio program's ministered to you. So if you can give us a one-time gift or a monthly pledge, please call Karen at 813-831-5673. Appreciate your prayerful uh, and financial involvement. I was speaking to Karen this week, and she said, Wow, some people have been calling me for prayer. This is... uh, She didn't know if it was fantastic or it was keeping her from her other jobs. But either way, feel free to call and speak to Karen. She loves to pray with people. Also, we would love for you to visit our congregations, especially with your pre-believing Jewish friends. St. Pete, Tampa, Wesley Chapel, our Spanish congregation. Please look at our website, shereshdavid.org. Pick a time and a location, Friday nights, Saturday mornings, even Saturday afternoons. So uh, we would love to have you 
join with us. This is really important. We want to see Jewish people coming to know Yeshua as their Messiah. Don't you agree? Amen. But just come and visit. We love love visitors. Would you join with me as I close in prayer? Lord, in Micah 6.8, Father, you have told us what you want. You want us to practice justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with our God. And so we are walking humbly with you as we desire to be in unity with each and every person that you have chosen to be part of your kingdom. Show us how to love them. Show us how to care for them. Show us how to be all that you want us to be. And Father, may the you, Lord, be our first priority, and may we grow in our desire to have a heart like you, Lord, a heart like Messiah. We pray for this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. 